like that. You want to try that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, what is it, Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And it's a fun one today. We're going to have a lot of fun here today. It's a Monday, as we've already stated, but there's a lot of stuff that went on since the last show we did. We obviously had Thanksgiving. We had football games. We had canceled football games. We had some unprecedented things going on in the world, the NFL. And we've got some coaches to discuss. And then the NFL, whether we're talking about people getting fired, people getting new jobs, whatever, we got stuff to talk about. And it is going to be exciting. And I, for one, cannot wait to get into this show today. Now, before we get into everything that we're going to talk about, Obviously, go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram. Go like the Facebook page. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And go follow the Logan Blackman Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where we'll post podcasts more often now because of the fact we're done with school, baby. We're done. We got nothing more to do. So, with that, we're going to start posting a lot more, at least at least consistently. I shouldn't say a lot more. It should be a lot more consistent than what we've been doing since the semester kicked off because of how weird everything was this year. The semester was weird. The school year as itself was weird. 2020 as a whole has been weird. And yeah, I would hope that we're going to get back into a little bit of a swing of things in the near future. Maybe not this week, but in the near future, I'm hoping to get in a little more of a rhythm than what we were during the school year, where I'd go like a good three days, three shows posted in a row, now like every other day, so it's it's still in a row, but then we'd have a random week or random couple days where I'm just like, I can't record a show today because I got a lot of other stuff going on, and uh, good thing that we are done because we are back. Now let's go over what I did since the last show, so the last show I believe was on Wednesday, if I remember correctly, the day before Thanksgiving, if I remember right, if I'm, if I'm forgetting, then it was on Monday. I think it was probably on Monday. So we're a week from the last show we did and (laughs) a lot of stuff's gone down. So obviously we've had Thanksgiving, which was fantastic. It was a weird Thanksgiving because didn't hang out with family. And I'm guessing a lot of you out there that are listening to this, didn't hang out with your entire family as per usual on Thanksgiving. But I hope you all did have a good Thanksgiving. We had football, uh, Cowboys and Washington football team, and the Lions and Texans. Great football games going on that day. I think it was the first time all the teams that played on Thanksgiving had a winless, all the teams had winless records since like the 50s or something. Maybe even like the 60s. It was a long, it's been a, it's been a long ass time. Let's just put it like that. Cause I don't really know how to describe it other than it's been a long time since teams on Thanksgiving Day have sucked this much. And the expectations for some of these teams, i.e. the Cowboys and the Texans, this has been very disappointing years for these two teams. For the Lions and the Washington football team, for the for at least the Washington football team, this has been a fantastic year for them. They want four wins. They are one of the better teams. They have a shot of winning this stupid NFC East, which is ridiculous to think about how historic the NFC East is, is the only division in all football where every single team has a Super Bowl trophy. You have the Eagles, Washington football team, Cowboys and Giants all have Super Bowl rings, all have Super Bowl trophies. Now, the Eagles won the most recent one. Then, 
it was the Giants, then was the Cowboys, and then was the before-mentioned Washington Redskins. So that was their name when they started when they won the Super Bowls with Joe Gibbs and the three different quarterbacks that they won with in those times in Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, and Mark Rippon. Fantastic stuff. That doesn't get talked about enough in the history of the NFL how Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. That's crazy to think about. But this division sucks. It's awful. <laughs> is it, the, it is the worst division in football this year by a wide margin. Not even really close to any other division this year. There's been there's a lot of bad teams in football this year. But as far as an overarching division, there's not one that has been worse than the NFC East. And before we get into more football stuff, fantasy football, if you remember back a ways, I talked about how I scored 53 points in the season opening game this season. Well, guess what, people? Hold on. I got... <laughs> oh, jeez. Had to sneeze. But, 53 points, season opener. I am going to be, after tonight, after the Monday Night Football games happen, between the Eagles and the Seahawks, I will be joint first in the division. Crazy how that has happened this year. We've made a lot of different moves. A lot of moves have panned out really well for us. Picking up Chase Claypool in free agency was fantastic. I was number two in the waiver order. I got him because the person before me picked up Brandon Cooks. So thank you, Spencer, for picking up Brandon Cooks. That helped me out a lot. Got Deontay Johnson in a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Henry have been saving me a lot this season as well. TJ Hawkinson has been an absolute steal in the draft. I think he's the third or fifth highest scoring tight end in fantasy football this year. And I got him as my second tight end. He's been a consistent starter for my team this year. Defense is give or take, but yeah, team's kicked off. And we're going to be 7-5 and five going into the playoffs after a demoralizing victory over my best friend Brian Vaden. It... It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. And this is another side story for that fantasy football thing. So I don't know if you guys have ever done this. I've done it quite a bit in my lifetime where you have, you you know something, but then once you say it, it comes out differently than what you thought or your brain just completely shuts off when you say something and it's like, well, crap, that's not what I wanted to do. Why did I do that? Well, this is a situation that happened on Saturday. So... We have a lot of Iowa and Iowa State fans in this group chat. And the Iowa State fans, it's kind of like the vocal vocal minority thing. Where there's more, at least... Well, yeah, there's two Iowa State fans in this chat that like to pipe up a lot. It's like it is the vocal minority. Because there's more... There's a couple other Iowa State fans. But I would say overall, they might be equal. I'm thinking about it. But... So we're going off kind of compare the Big Ten and Big 12. This has happened before, uh, Big Ten, Big 12 talk. Uh, one dude goes out, talks about me, but never says my name, and makes sure to say it in our sarcastic voice. So it kind of ticks you off. It kind of ticks you off. And then they do the low-hanging fruit thing of the, oh, you, Iowa's got more fans at you and I than at Iowa. Well, never mentioned Iowa in my original take, which was ironic because I knew that would come up. And then I went in and made a video because I knew they were talking about me. So I made another one. And then I made another one. But I was running off pure emotion. So 
I decided, <laughs> with my infinite wisdom, that I am going to calculate the win-loss records of the Big Ten and Big Twin, Big Ten and the Big Twelve in conferences. The Big Ten's only played conference games this year. Now, looking at numbers, there's a thing you can do. You can't argue with numbers. It's like one of the oldest adages in the history of the world. Can't argue with numbers. Women lie, men lie, numbers don't. That's one of the oldest sayings ever. So I'm like, oh, wow. I'm, my brain's not really turning at this point. I'm kind of just acting instead of thinking. More of action than, more than, I don't know, not using my brain, I guess. But it, they're about the same. 35-35 for the Big 12, 36-36 for the Big 10. Brain completely shut off. Send a video, and then, boom. Every argument that I have made is done and dusted. Because when you mess up one time in these kind of situations, it kind of screws up everything else that you've said. So then it makes all your other points null and void. And it's very frustrating and very sad. And I was frustrated. I was talking to my mom. I was like, oh, no, I can't believe I just did this. And I was I, I was so pissed off at myself. Like, use your brain, Logan. But, you know what? It doesn't matter. It was a weird day. And, yeah. But don't, don't do that. Make sure you think before you put in something. Don't act on emotion. I knew he was try- what he was trying to do, get someone to act out on emotion. And it worked. It worked very well because I didn't think. I just acted instead of thinking. And it was my downfall. So I haven't said anything recently. I don't really plan on saying anything in the near future. And I know I'm going to get roasted for it for the rest of time. But just saying, think before you act and that's why you don't and it just react you don't do that don't do that think always think before you do something stupid it wasn't even that dumb and then a lot of people will be like well that's not really something you should really care about but for me when you're trying to you're trying to build a career off something and then you have done something this long done something like this like where you crunch numbers look at stats look at players and all that stuff and then you get something very wrong or just something that doesn't make any sense or add anything to the argument you tried to make kind of hurts your soul a little bit. So that's my overall, that's a welcome to my TED talk, I guess. <laughs> Don't be an idiot is my overall, uh, what do you want to call it? The, the message that I would like to deliver in this TED talk today. <laughs> ah, jeez. But yeah. Monday Night Football tonight, Seahawks-Eagles, so make sure you tune into that on ESPN. Ravens-Steelers is tomorrow night, so we have more Tuesday Night Football. Uh, yeah, Tuesday Night Football sucks, and this game's going to suck as well because the entire Ravens team is pretty much out. Lamar's out. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Willie Sneed, all of them are out. Willie Sneed tested positive for COVID yesterday. All of them are out. So the undefeated Steelers, I would guess, are going to stay undefeated. I would say there's more chance than not that the Steelers stay undefeated after this week because uh, Ravens are depleted. <laughs> and uh, unless something amazing happens where every single player on the Steelers gets COVID tonight or right before the game, I don't see there's any chance in hell the Baltimore Ravens get a dub. And this also brings up a point because I saw this on Twitter. It was talking about another team. We'll talk about another team in a tiny bit. But the Steelers, will they go 16-0? and And then the Jets, will they go 0-16? These are questions that a lot of historical, a lot of 
big brain people are thinking about at this point in time. Will the Pittsburgh Steelers finish undefeated? Will the Jets go winless? Now, this Steelers team, we talked about this before, this Steelers team reminds me of the Carolina Panthers team where Cam Newton won the MVP, they went 15-1, and and the guy absolutely shit-stopped by the Broncos in the Super Bowl. That reminds me of this team. Their schedule is not very good. They're the BYU of the NFL this year. But a lot more talented than BYU, because obviously I'm not going to discredit the Steelers, but I think their undefeated season... Now, I they would be one of the best teams in the NFL regardless, but their record comparatively to the games they've played is um, not ideal. Uh, well, ideal for the Steelers, I guess, but it's like BYU being ranked... What are they, 14th in the college football playoff standings? Because they their teams they played have a combined record of like 30 and 38 or something like that. And they're going any team, any time, any place type thing. But, man, BYU. But Pittsburgh probably will go undefeated. Because if you look at the rest of their schedule, the only team I can really see them losing to is the Bills at Buffalo. And I'm not saying that just to be biased. I don't think they'll lose to the Washington football team. We've already talked about I don't think they'll lose to the Ravens. I don't think they'll lose to the Bengals without Joe Burrow and without Joe Mixon. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Might as well just chalk that up in the W category for the Steelers. And then the Browns. Unless they bench everybody and the Browns continue to play like Chubb and Hunt and all their other big-name players, Miles Garrett, I don't see the Steelers losing that game at all. I, I just don't I don't foresee that happening. So I think the Steelers have a very good shot at going undefeated. And then you look at the rest of their schedule, the teams that they played this year, this is why it reminds me of that Panthers team who coasted into the playoffs on 15-1 and off a very easy schedule and somehow losing the Atlanta Falcons in like week 15 or 16 or something like that, the year Cam won the MVP. You have the Giants. They, though they, the Giants are first in the NFC, so we have to... Uh, give credit where it's credit's due for the New York Giants. The Broncos, Texans, Eagles, and the first team with a winning record, they played the Browns. Then the second one, the Titans, where they beat by three Ravens. They should have lost. Uh, then they barely beat the Cowboys. Then they stomped the Bengals and the Jaguars, as they probably should. And then now they play the Ravens, who were supposed to take place on Thanksgiving, which everybody was excited for because it was going to be the only game that was remotely fun on Thanksgiving. Now, the games, the Texans-Lions and the Cowboys-Washington football team games were exciting, but they weren't like, it wasn't exciting like, oh, I wonder who's going to win this game. They're both demolitions by the Washington football team and the Houston Texans in these games. Matt Stafford got beat up, and uh, Cowboys stink. Does does Mike McCarthy keep his job this offseason? I don't really know. It'll be an interesting, interesting thing here. Whether Mike McCarthy keeps his job or not. But, yeah, Steelers, more more likely than not, they will go undefeated this season. The Ravens will drop to 6-5, and five and the Steelers move to 11-0 and 0 this season. Now, the Jets, another AFC team. This one, an AFC East team, shares division with the Bills. Okay, the Jets just lost to the Miami Dolphins in not great fashion. And Trevor Lawrence did say on Saturday that that was his last home game for Clemson. So, one would suspect the Jets wouldn't want to win another game because the Jaguars are right there with one win. And, yeah, the Jets, their remaining games are against teams they will not beat. The Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, and Patriots. The Jets 
will go 0-16. So I don't know if this is the first time this has ever happened in NFL history. At least in the 16-game schedule, this is the first time this will happen. You have one undefeated team and one winless team. That is going to be the first time in NFL history where one team's gone 16-0 and the other one's gone 0-16. Now, it could have happened years ago where a team has lost, like, went 0-12 or something like that. But no team that I, no teams I can recall have gone 16-0 and then 0-16. That is, it, now, I could be wrong. Could be very wrong on that. I'm not sure I haven't double-checked it. It just came to my head right now. Maybe I'm wrong. But the Jets suck. Um... I look back at some of the predictions some of these people that get paid to do this job said, like, Coward had them winning the division. Uh, there was another Instagram account that I saw that had the Jets going 11-5, and which we have talked about at nauseum here on the Logan Blackman Show. The dumbest prediction I've ever seen, ever. I want to see if I can pull that up real quick while we're still talking about the Jets. But Sam Darnold, I feel kind of bad for him. And I've, I think I've said this before. I don't dislike Sam Darnold. I like the Sam Darnold truthers or the, the followers of Sam Darnold. Those are the most annoying SOBs in the world. Like Mike Greenberg talking about how he's the best quarterback in the AFCs before the season started. Colin Cowher has been doing something nasty to Sam Darnold ever since he's been in the league. Uh, even before he got drafted, talking about drooling how good Sam Darnold was. I liked Sam Darnold at USC. In hindsight, he probably should have gone. Actually, in hindsight, if you look back at the draft, now let's go back to 2018, not looking at from now till then, because obviously Lamar Jackson would go number one, Josh Allen would go to the second quarterback, and then have a battle between Sam Darnold and Baker, which some people could argue Darnold because he's more athletic, Baker because people like Baker. I, I don't really know. But going back to 2018, you would probably take... Sam Darnold, number one overall if you're the Cleveland Browns. Are the Browns better with Sam Darnold as opposed to Baker Mayfield? Some might argue, yeah. And I might argue, yeah. He's more mobile. He's bigger. He's been injured a lot more than Baker Mayfield. But, yeah, it's, man, the Jets are uh, a funny team, to say the least. I love the New York Jets. The Jets are one of my favorite teams in the history of the NFL. And I found my Instagram post, not my, I am not claiming this. Someone else has to claim this. Uh, this was 11 days until Jets football. This is PT.insider if you want to go follow them on Instagram for more super good NFL takes like this. He had the Jets going 11 and 5. Okay, 11 and 5. Here's the reasoning. The in his infinite wisdom, this is what he said about the New York football Jets. The New Jersey Jets. 11 days until Jets football. This is another hit or miss team. I would I would go on a limb and say that this was a missed team this year. But I could be wrong. And has been for years. But for a few reasons, I'm really buying into this team to be the next breakout team. This past offseason, they really attacked free agency and the draft with a clear strategy. Really? Did they ad- attack... The draft and free agency. Because if you want to say attack, you get some like big names in the free. Now you got Makai Becton. Good pick. I, I can get behind Makai Becton. He's a freaking monster. Uh, similar mold to like, I don't know, who's some monsters. That, they're trying to get another DeBrickashaw Ferguson. I know DeBrickashaw Ferguson was a guard. But get a guy like that for the Jets offensive line. 
And then they got Denzel Mims, a straight-line wide receiver from Baylor, who I put in the first round, but in hindsight, should have switched him with Ayuk, who I was stuck with between those two. Very similar thing to Jalen Johnson and Jeff Gladney for me, but uh, Denzel Mims is a Baylor wide receiver. They have a history, other than Josh Gordon, have a history of being not great pass catchers and have very undeveloped route trees, if I could say that. They, they run a lot of verts at Baylor, okay? Just putting it lightly. That's what that's a thing that has been on Baylor wide receivers for years now. And then in free agency, you got like Brashad Perriman, who is another straight line speed wide receiver who has been on like, what, six NFL teams since he's been in the league? I don't really say that's attacking free agency. And then this thing goes on and say, get Donald some solid wide receivers, get Donald some solid protection. You got one offensive lineman, cut another one in Brian Winters, who's been hit or miss in Buffalo, but still a starter nonetheless. And then they did both. Okay, they did both. They get a locker room cancer out, albeit he was good. Yeah, that's good is a word I would use to describe Jamal Adams. That's one word I would use for Jamal Adams is good, albeit he was good. Jamal Adams is one of the best safeties in the NFL, if not the best safety in the NFL. But yeah, he was good. And now, seemingly so, this defense is closer than ever. They also seem to be holding themselves to a higher standard. Yeah, C.J. Mosley opted out as well, uh, your leader on the defensive side of the ball. So you lost your two best defenders in C.J. Mosley and Jamal Adams. You know what? This prediction at the beginning of the season started to make a lot more sense. 11-5. and five. You may see the same old Jets, but I see a new Jets, and I'm here for it. Good Lord. Same old Jets. No, this is a worse Jets team. This is the worst Jets team of all time. This is not the same old Jets. This is a different Jets team, but just not in the way that you were thinking of it. Like, this Jets team is historically bad. <laughs> the, Dan Orlovsky, a few weeks ago, said his 0-16 Lions would beat the 0-16 Jets 16 times. That is ridiculous. That's how bad this Jets team is. And you know what? I don't necessarily disagree with him. I think this Jets team is absolutely atrocious. This is a terrible football team. And Sam, when you go to Indianapolis or Pittsburgh or wherever you go next year, I wish you luck. And I hope you take your truthers with you because uh, they're annoying. Please take them away. Now, it's only going to get more annoying for the Jets and people that dislike their fans like myself and the truthers for the Jets because of who is coming in, the the football Jesus, if you want to call him that, with his flowing locks, Trevor Lawrence, who people are calling a can't-miss prospect, and I am going to be one of those people because of he's just awesome. And it pains me to see him go to a team like the New York Jets. I wanted to see him go somewhere in like the NFC or something. Just so I don't need to see him twice a year. Now, he's going to die early. He's going to be like Troy Aikman, just absolutely getting pummeled behind an awful offensive line and have no weapons. Be like early years Peyton Manning. But like those two, he'll turn around and... But here's the thing, though. The Cowboys, prior to Aikman, did have a tiny history of winning with Roger Staub back in Tom Landry. I don't know if you knew about that, because they never liked to shut up about it. The Colts had some good years with Johnny Unitas and Don Shula. Like, they had some good teams. The Jets, their last good team prior 
to never was Joe Namath in Super Bowl three. It's been a long time. The 90s were the lost decade of Jets football, which is what I like to call them. When we made fun of them in the top five dumbest series that we did during the summer. The Jets were a constant figure in that. And the lost decade is what we called the 90s for the Jets. Because unlike the Cowboys, the Colts, who had bad years in between their good teams, the Jets haven't had a good team in years. Their best quarterback since Joe Namath is Chad Pennington. Maybe you could go with Vinny Testaverde. I, I, you won't be, find me standing on a hill saying I will not. I will die on this hill that Chad Pennington is the greatest Jets quarterback since Joe Namath. Jets are a freaking joke, and I love it. I'm here for it. But Trevor, you're not allowed to be that good. At least early. You can develop, but wait till like. I don't know, five years in the future. I feel bad for Trevor because he's going to go to the Jets. And I, unless he pulls the Eli Manning and just says, I'm not going to play for you guys. Man, it's going to be tough. And then the Jets will get like, maybe he wants to go to Jacksonville, which isn't that much better of a prospect than New York. But at least they got some decent weapons like DJ Chark and James Robinson, who's had a very good rookie year for the Jacksonville Jaguars at running back. The Jets don't have those pieces. So, if he wants to just go to Jacksonville, then Justin Fields will go to the Jets. Because they're going one and two. It just depends on if Trevor Lawrence wants to play for the Jets or not. I think for the publicity, he'll want to play for the Jets. Because it's a big market and playing in New Jersey. Because, you know, you get those big, big flashing lights in New Jersey and New York City and all that stuff. You won't get that in Jacksonville. (laughs) Or maybe he wants to go play for the Falcons. Maybe he wants to replace Matt Ryan eventually. But the Falcons have a lot of other needs, most notably on the defensive side of the ball, that will probably keep them from drafting a quarterback this year. They're going to get like an edge rusher this year, one would suspect. But the Falcons, like one of many teams that we've talked about, the Jets, the Jaguars, might very well be looking for a new head coach this season, and that is where this next list comes in. We have talked about this before, but I've added more coaches to it because there's a lot of coaches that suck this year. It's a one-off year, you could argue. Like, oh, COVID-19, coaches haven't had time to work with their players. They still stink. You can see terrible football because it's not like these teams... I'm readjusting here, that are bad now have been good recently. None of these teams on this list, other than, like, the Eagles, have been good recently. All the other coaches on here have been coaches of bad teams, and they've been bad for a few years now, even before the coaches. So, like, we're going to have a lot of coaches. Now, am I firing all of them? No. I'm acting as Roger Goodell, who's, like, going to be acting God here, where we're going to just smite all the coaches we don't like in the NFL. Um, yeah, so let's get this party started. I want to add in one more coach that I forgot about. Hold on. And then let's go. So uh, current head coaches that could be gone this offseason for Atlanta, Raheem Morris, Chicago, Matt Nagy. Good Lord. If you watched that Bears-Packers game last night, I actually wasted time watching that. I apologize on behalf of of Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. Uh, 
Cincinnati, Zach Taylor, Dallas, Mike McCarthy, Denver, Vic Fangio, Daryl Bevel, and Detroit. They finally did it. Finally fired Mike, Matt Patricia. Took him long enough, but they finally did it. Uh, Denver, um, no, Houston, Romeo Cornell, Jacksonville, Doug Marone. They fired Dave Caldwell yesterday. Their GM, not Jim Caldwell, not Jim Caldwell, Dave Caldwell. Um, about time, really. And uh, they fired Doug Marone. They should fire Doug Marone as well, but they'll keep him through the 2020 season. Anthony Lynn in Los Angeles, Adam Gase in New York, and Doug Peterson in Philly. Doug Peterson is the most, uh, has the richest history out of all these coaches because the only one on here that has been the head coach of a Super Bowl winning team. Now, there's been a lot of issues in Philadelphia since that Super Bowl team with the offensive line shuffling. Carson Wentz playing very bad, especially this year, trying to play hero ball, but all his weapons being hurt, all the O-line being hurt. He hasn't really been uh, set up to succeed in Philly, but he's also not helping himself out by trying to play hero ball the entire freaking time. Now, if I had to take a guess on who's going to get fired this offseason, I am going to go with... Let's look at this. Okay, I'm going to highlight a bunch of people, and we will try to choose the new head coaches out of these. And there's a lot of coaches that should or will get fired this offseason. So here's the coach that I think will lose their job this offseason. Raheem Morris, Matt Nagy, Zach Taylor, Vic Fangio, Daryl Bevel, Romeo Cornell, Anthony Lennon, Adam Gase. Now, there are three coaches I didn't mention on there. Mike McCarthy, I don't think they'll move. Oh, you see how long it took J- uh, Jerry Jones to get rid of Jason Garrett. Now, albeit they were friends, they were very close. But will Mike McCarthy lose his job this offseason? I don't know. He should, but Willie, I don't know. Doug Marone, another person, probably won't lose his job. Should he? Yes. He's one of the worst coaches in the NFL, one of the biggest dickheads in the NFL, coached the Buffalo Bills for a few years. Yeah, he's a dickhead and probably should be fired, but will he? Probably not. Probably not. And the last one, Doug Peterson, he'll probably stay for a little bit, even though the Eagles, ever since that Super Bowl, have been very bad. But you can go with, again, the injuries have played massive parts in why the Eagles have been so bad since that Super Bowl team. You see how many different offensive lines they put out this year. You see Carson Wentz trying to play with practice squad guys. And you start going, well, this, we can't blame Doug Pierce. I mean, we can, obviously we can, but will we? I don't know. Now, here's some of the coaches I think will be looking for head coaching jobs this year. Greg Roman, he's the Ravens offensive coordinator. Wink Martindale, Ravens defensive coordinator. Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator. Joe Brady, Panthers OC. Kellen Moore, the Cowboys OC. Matt Eberflus, the Colts DC. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. He'll be head coach priority number one. Steve Spagnolo, he'll be a head coach candidate, Chiefs D coordinator. Jason Garrett, he'll be around again. Uh, he's the Giants OC. Kevin O'Connell, the Rams OC, is one of those young head, co- young offensive-minded coaches that a lot of teams are really looking for around this time that Sean McVay mold, and he works for Sean McVay, so it makes sense. Like, that's how Zach Taylor got a job, and Cliff Kingsbury got a job, because he knows, he has talked with Sean McVay. Uh, Josh McDaniels, Patriots OC, I don't think he'll leave the Patriots, I think he wants to take over that job. 
Steve Belichick, he's the Patriots outside linebackers coach, but that last name will get a lot. You saw Don Shula's kids get head coaching jobs. So why not the greatest coach of all time and Steve and Bill Belichick, his kid, getting a head coaching job eventually. Robert Sala, 49ers D coordinator, Byron Leftwich, the Bucks D coordinator, and Scott Turner, the Washington football team's offensive coordinator. Another one of those young, offensive-minded head coach, head coaches. So now let's match them up. So in Atlanta, actually, no, let's uh let's go down the list of I think who's gonna get. I think Brian Dable will get a head coaching job this year. Where? We'll have to see. I didn't oh I didn't put any college coaches down there, but Lincoln Riley, Pat Fitzgerald will be options in there as well. And like uh oh crap. Who's Clemson's D coordinator? Brent Venables. He'll be an option for a few teams as well with how much he's done at Clemson defensively and how they've consistently had a great defense. And I, I'm pretty confident he's the highest-paid D coordinator in college football. That could be wrong, but I am pretty confident in saying that. But the one that I think makes the most sense right off the bat is Joe Brady replacing Zach Taylor and Cincy. It hasn't worked out for Zach Taylor and Cincy. Been a very bad time there. But Mike Brown has shown that he is hesitant in firing head coaches. You saw how long it took them to get rid of Marvin Lewis. He was there for 17 years, won zero playoff games. Yeah, just average football team. Zach Taylor has not done a lot in Cincy, but Mike Brown, to defend Zach Taylor, has not done a lot to help out Zach Taylor as far as getting him an offensive line, getting him some semblance of a defense. Like, haven't done a lot there, but Joe Brady was the offensive play caller for LSU when Joe Burrow was going off with uh, the LSU Tigers last year. It's going to be... I would I would be shocked if Joe Brady, though it's his first... Well, I guess it's not his first stint in the NFL because like, he was on the Saints for a little bit. Get a head coaching job this early again. One of the young, offensive-minded head coaches has a very good experience, very good relationship as far as we look at in the outside, looking in with Joe Burrow. I think that makes sense. Joe Brady going to Cincinnati. Uh, Matt Eberflus, the Colts D coordinator, the Cowboys were really trying to get him to come in, but he stayed with the Colts. Do they move for... Matt Eberflus to come in and replace Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy does not look um does not look great in his time in Dallas. Kind of some of the play calls he makes are very questionable. Uh, yeah, I questionable is a good way to put it. Let's just say it like that. Just questionable play decisions there. But do I again? Do I think Mike McCarthy will leave this offseason? No, probably not. Though, do I think he will? Do I think he should? Yes, he should. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, I think he'll replace Anthony Lynn in Los Angeles. He used to play for the Chargers, was a running back there for a while. For a while, for a few years, I shouldn't say a while. Offensive-minded head coach. Now, he doesn't call the plays in Kansas City. Andy Reid does all of that. But if you're Andy Reid's right-hand man, and he's giving you a big standing ovation, I guess, I would look for him to get it. I would be shocked if he didn't get a head coaching job this year. 
But then we can go with the, well, Matt Nagy was Andy Reid's O coordinator before Bienemy was. Look how great Matt Nagy's play calling is. I think Bienemy is a better version of Matt Nagy. At least I would hope so. I think he could replace Anthony Lynn easily because Anthony Lynn's play calling and his scheming is awful. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was all, it was kind of all over social media. So if you didn't know, char- the Chargers and the Bills played yesterday. And the Bills rattled Justin Herbert. They did a good job at keeping him in check. The, char- the Bills fumbled or turned it over three straight possessions in the second quarter. With a Devin Singletary fumble, Josh Allen fumble, and then a Josh Allen interception. Three straight possessions of a turnover. And the Chargers did not capitalize them on one chance. The Chargers threw a Hail Mary, which the Bills' Hail Mary defense needs to get worked on a lot. They should spend an entire practice just working on that. Because I don't know how it works like this, how bad it is. It doesn't make sense to me. But then you get the ball down to the one, and then... um. Yeah, it was the mo- it was the dumbest play calling I've ever seen. Because if you look at the last play of the game, Justin Herbert was in shotgun and then sprints up to the line of scrimmage to do a quarterback sneak. Well, you know why that didn't work? Is because the off the line was in freaking pass coverage and he's trying to do a quarterback sneak. Got stuffed instantaneously <laughs> at the line of scrimmage. Anthony Lynn is going to be gone this offseason. Do I think he'll get fired in season? No, because it's Spanos. He kept Mike McCoy on to the end of the season. And Mike McCoy is a very similar coach to Anthony Lynn in regards to this team can't hold leads to save their lives. They're super talented. How can they not hold leads? Same thing with this one. I don't think he knows how to handle the talent around him because the Chargers are might be the best 3-8 and eight team of all time. They should not be 3-8. and eight. There's no reason they should be 3-8. and eight. I think, would they say... Uh, what was it? Like 10 of their games or something like that have been decided by single digits or something like that? That's ridiculous. How's that possible? Or maybe it was 12. Maybe it was 12. That's, that's not possible because they've only played 11 games. But may- it wasn't 12. <laughs> it was a high number. It's the most in the NFL. But good Lord. Anthony Lynn's got to go. Eric enemy in division goes over to the LA Chargers. Former player goes over to the Chargers. Robert Sala, I could see him going to Detroit. Uh, he's consistently put together one of the best defenses in the NFL for the past few seasons now. And that helps with how John Lynch has very much said we are going to draft defensive players by getting uh, Bosa, Buckner, Armstead, Solomon Thomas, like those types of players. We're going to make the defense in the front seven the strongest part of our team. Fred Warner, another one. And yeah, the Lions need that because the offense is not really the problem here. It's how atrocious, how atrocious the defense is. It is historically bad. Like, Matt Patricia, what left New England, and Mark Wahlberg said that he thinks the Lions got the next Belichick. Like hell they did. <laughs> he is not the next Bill Belichick. Matt Patricia, if everything goes smoothly, he should never get a head coaching job in the NFL again. Because he sucked. He was awful. One of the worst head coaches I've ever seen in my entire freaking life. Down in Detroit. With how bad that defense was. And how bad everything was. For the Detroit Lions. During his time there. And Robert Sala I think could help ease that there. Could help turn that defense around a little bit. I could see them going after like a Wink Martindale or something. Like get an older guy in there. But this should, they should just never have gotten rid of Jim Caldwell. 
They're tired of being average. We finished 9-7. and seven. Jim Caldwell's last year fired him. And then they got way worse under Matt Patricia. Sad. Byron Leftwich, uh, if the Jacksonville Jaguars fired Doug Marone, I'd be would be shocked if he did not go to Jacksonville because that's where he spent the early portions of his career. I could also see him going to Atlanta, helping out the offense there. But maybe uh, the for the Falcons, the offense isn't really the issue here. It's how terrible the defense is. That's why they brought in, uh, wow, I'm forgetting his name, Quinn, <laughs> Dan Quinn. That's why they brought him in from Seattle because he was supposed to resurrect this terrible defense. But it obviously did not work out. I think the Falcons would also be looking at a Robert Sala type, or maybe they go after, I forgot his name again, Brent Venables from Clemson. Get a defensive-minded guy in there to help out the defense because it is absolutely awful. But yeah, uh, let's just go through the available coaches. I'm not going to go through what team fits, what where they fit. Let's just go through uh, each coach and where I think they could end up in the options here. Greg Roman, I could see him going to the Jets. I could see him going to the Texans. I could see him going to Denver, uh, Chicago. I don't know. This is going to be a lot harder than I originally thought. Because there's a lot of coaches that are bad and a lot of coaches that will be available for jobs this year. Like, there's going to be a lot of available head coaching jobs. And this all these coaches, I think, either A, should be fired or at least considered to be fired. And if they're not, I'm sorry for the NFL teams that have to sit through all of that. But yeah. A speed run here. Atlanta. Let's go with... Uh, Let's go Robert Sala for Atlanta. Let's go with Atlanta Robert Sala. Uh, Chicago, Pat Fitzgerald, because apparently that's the only job he'll consider taking. A nice steady hand there. But I can also see him there being a Northwestern, like, forever or a lifer at Northwestern. He went there, played there, and now he's the head coach there. Cincinnati, Joe Brady uh, worked with Joe Burrow for a while down at LSU. Helped, well, not a while, but helped turn his career around and made him one of the Greatest quarterbacks in college football history. Put together the greatest season in college football history. Denver. I could see Brian Dable going to Denver. Detroit. Uh, Matt Eberflus. I could see him going there. Being a defensive-minded coach there. Uh, Houston. Let's go with Byron Leftwich. Going down there to Houston. If Jacksonville's not hiring, let's go. But let's send him to Houston for an offensive-minded head coach down there. Los Angeles. Let's go with Eric Bieniemy and... New York Jets, let's go with Brian Dable. That's my predictions for the head coaching jobs of the NFL right now as we sit here on November 30th of 2020. I could be wrong. More than likely, I will be wrong in every single coaching thing I said. But, and to be honest, this show's kind of been all over the place today, and I apologize for that. But, we still move here on the Logan Blackman Show and, yeah, let's transition a little bit from the NFL. Actually, let's go over some scores in the NFL real quick. If you didn't pay attention to the NFL this weekend, here are some scores that took place. We had Texans blowing out the Lions, Washington football team blowing out the Cowboys. Not don't, not really much to see there between those games. Bills beat the Chargers 27-17. Josh Allen didn't play great. Justin Herbert didn't play great, but put up a lot of, num- put up a lot of yards. So they're playing down the entire time. Austin Eckler played good for the Chargers. They played him a lot more than what... A lot of people were probably expecting this week with him coming off an injury and being out for several weeks. But, yeah, Bills 
probably should have beat them by more, but shot themselves in the foot a few times. Josh Allen almost snapped his ankle, so thank the Lord he didn't. Joey Bosa went off. If you forgot that Joey Bosa was one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, yet a reminder in this game, most underrated edge rusher in the game, in my humble opinion. Uh, Falcons surprisingly blew out the Las Vegas Raiders. Annihilated them. Just absolutely destroyed them. Uh, the Giants beat the Bengals 19-17. This is going to be a continuing thing for the Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon Allen started this game for the Cincinnati Bengals. And yeah, not great. The Giants, Daniel Jones, apparently he has a serious hamstring injury from what I've read. At least that's what I think I saw yesterday. He might be out for a long time. So Colt McCoy will be the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Will that keep him in the division race? We will have to see. Titans blew out the Colts 45-26. Vikings came back to beat the Carolina Panthers 28-27. Patriots beat the Cardinals. Remember when everybody was saying how great the Cardinals were? Because they beat the Bills on a uh, Hail Mary play. And now they've lost back-to-back games. And now are 6-5. And and should really be 5-6. And and have lost to the freaking... God. They've lost three of the last four games. Let's... Slowed down. And, the, like, their losses. Lost to the Lions, Panthers, and now the Patriots. Are we still going to be talking about how great this team is because they beat the Bills in a last-second Hail Mary play? Probably not. We're going to switch our narratives up again. Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick beat the Jets 20-3. to Browns beat the Jags 27-25. Uh, yeah, Browns playing down the level competition, but they're 8-3. and They're 8-3. and Saints with Taysom Hill beat the Broncos with Kendall Henton. Yeah, Kendall Henton. I don't know if you guys saw that story. Probably did. It was all over social media. Of this guy that was the practice squad wide receiver. The day before a game gets told he's going to start an NFL game because all the other quarterbacks were out due to COVID. And though he didn't put up great numbers, you still, that is an amazing performance regardless because of the situation he was in of, man, I haven't played quarterback in almost two or three years. I've been in practice squad wide receiver. I'm told I'm the starting quarterback the day before a game. That is absolutely insane. So commiserations to Kendall Henton on playing. Again, the stats weren't amazing, but you can't expect his stats to be amazing. He was playing wide receiver two days ago. Practice squad wide receiver. And came in and started an NFL game. So congratulations to Kendall Henton on doing that. Because that was a very, very cool Thing to see. 49ers upset the Rams 23-20. Chiefs beat the Bucks 27-24. The Chiefs played awesome in the first quarter and kind of tailed off towards the end of the game. Kind of played just a normal game of football after that. And then the Packers obliterated the Bears 41-25. Tomorrow night, we've got Ravens-Steelers. And tonight, as we said, Seahawks and Eagles. Fun games all around. Fun games all around. Uh, moving over to college football for a little bit before we talk on the MLS or the MLS playoffs. Iowa and Nebraska, or Iowa and Iowa State both got big wins this week. Iowa State has like a 99% chance to get to the Big 12 championship. So congratulations to Iowa State on doing that. Trent's to get their first Big 12 title since 1912. Very fun team. I lo- Brees Hall's quote after the game was awesome. Five-star program, five-star players versus five-star culture. Five-star culture wins. Good stuff there from Breach Hall. One of the best, most underrated, not really talked about nationally, at least that I've seen, running backs in college football in Breach Hall. And sadly for him, he's playing in a season where there's a lot of good college quarterbacks. 
where we have Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. All of these guys will be in the Heisman race. Brees Hall could rush for 500 yards next game and still won't win the Heisman. I feel kind of bad for him because in a normal, in a another year, probably is going to the Heisman ceremony. But sorry, sadly for him, unless they bring six people, I don't know if they will or not because they usually like to keep those numbers below five. But if they do, he deserves to go with how good he's been this year. I would beat Nebraska 26 to 20. Uh, wasn't a very exciting game to watch. Petrus looked like Spencer Petrus. Yeah, not really a lot to talk about in this game. Uh, remember when Adrian Martinez was a Heisman dark horse like two years ago? Remember that? How crazy time flies? Like, that's ridiculous. Dude sucks. Simple as that. He just straight up stinks. And this, we're starting to get to the point where Scott Frost's recruits are starting to come in and they still suck. So, when will Scott Frost be gone? Don't know. If he wasn't a Nebraska legend, would he be gone already? Probably. So, yeah, Nebraska stinks. Iowa didn't play a particularly great game, especially on offense. But, you know what? Whatever. They won the game. That's all that matters. W's a W, whether it's pretty or ugly. Whatever. And it's hard to believe Iowa lost to Purdue and Northwestern. Peters played semi-average in those games. I think they would have beaten both those games. And Iowa had a couple turnovers in the Purdue game. Blew a lead in that game. Threw the ball 50 times against Northwestern. And now I think they're starting to find out, you know what? Tyler Goodson's a damn good running back. Let's just give him the ball the entire game. And that's what they did. 30 carries, 111 yards for Tyler Goodson in the game Iowa wins. Notre Dame beat North Carolina 31-17. We already talked about Iowa State beating Texas. Oregon State upset Oregon 41-38. So, Pac-12, they were already out of the college football playoff, but now they've just cemented their status as out of the college football playoff. Alabama, unsurprisingly, smashed Auburn 42-13. Devontae Smith balled out again, 171 yards, two tutties. Mac Jones, five touchdown passes. Najah Harris, 96 yards touchdown. Not surprising there. Trevor Lawrence... And Clemson blew out Pittsburgh 52-17. Nothing to see there. A&M beat LSU 20-7. Florida beat Kentucky 34-10. Michigan State upset Northwestern 29-20. Georgia blew out South Carolina. Indiana beat Maryland. Coastal Carolina, uh, speaking of Indiana, Michael Penix Jr. looks to be out for the season with a lower leg injury, so that will hurt. Uh, Not will. It hurts Indiana immensely. And that one, Coastal Carolina beat Texas State. Okie State barely beat Texas Tech, a 3-6 and six Texas Tech team that almost lost to, what was their name? Houston Baptist. Uh, Desmond Jackson for Oklahoma State, 235 yards rushing in the game. Very impressive stuff there from the running game for Oklahoma State. 321 yards. Spencer Sanders put up 82 yards rushing with 222 touch- passing yards with a touchdown there as well. Well, and those were your top 25 games. We had a lot of games canceled this past week. Ohio State, Illinois was canceled. Cincy Temple was canceled. Oklahoma, West Virginia was canceled. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Tulsa, Houston. And now, Minnesota, Northwestern has been canceled this upcoming weekend. And with the loss from Northwestern and the fact that Wisconsin hasn't played in a while, or haven't played consistently in a while, Iowa's chances of going to the Big Ten Championship and getting smashed by Ohio State are getting increasingly more likely as the as we progress and Ohio State didn't play this week so I heard I think Ryan Day was reported to have COVID like do does Ohio State really need Ryan Day 
to beat Illinois, you have Justin Fields. Like, that's it. That's it. You you have Justin Fields. That's all you need to say. We have Justin Fields. Bow down. Now, Justin Fields, as we talked about, had his worst game in college football against Indiana last week. I would expect him to have a pissed-off game and absolutely obliterate Illinois like 63-0. And he's going to play defense as well. And before we end the show, we haven't talked about this in a while, so we haven't had a show in a while. The MLS Cup playoffs, we have a lot of games from the Eastern Conference that we haven't talked about. New England upset Philly and Nashville upset Toronto. Uh, Yeah, those were the first couple games. And as I said earlier, with the game that's an upset, Portland beat Dallas, or Dallas beat Portland like we said could happen. No, did I predict it? No, but we said it could happen. And it did. One on penalties for FC Dallas. But New England Revolution, they're in the conference finals. Crazy. They beat the number one overall seed in the playoffs in Philadelphia. And then beat Orlando 3-1. to Scored two goals like that in the game yesterday. And now they're going to go on to play Columbus. And I like Columbus' chances of going to the MLS Cup final. But if New England keeps playing like this, it's going to be hard to keep them out. It's going to be very hard to keep them out if they keep playing like this. Then we got games tomorrow and Wednesday. FC Dallas will be taking on Seattle tomorrow on FS1. And we got Sporting Kansas City taking on Minnesota United on Wednesday at 8. That game will also be on FS1. So I am excited. The MLS Cup playoffs are almost done. If we look at my bracket that I created for the MLS Cup playoffs, let's see how my points are doing here if it actually loads. Here it goes. Starting to load a little bit. And it logged me out. So we're going to have to try and log back in. If I can remember my password. for the, Oh, there it is. It was just already there. Invalid login or pass. Okay. Well, let's just recap what I did. So I had Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota United, Portland, and Seattle. But obviously FC Dallas beat Portland. They had Philly, Orlando, Columbus, and Toronto. Toronto and New England obviously lost. And then I had Philly beat Orlando. New England, they beat... They beat Orlando. And then had Columbus beating Toronto. Columbus did win, but against Nashville, beat them 2-0. I expect them to beat New England, so I would expect to see Columbus. And I'm going to keep my prediction prior to the playoffs starting in Seattle going to the MLS Cup Final. And I still think Seattle will win MLS Cup 2020. I'm intrigued to see uh, the Sporting and Minnesota game because it's a very big rivalry in the MLS. And... Though I think Sporting should win in fairly convincing. Well, not convincing. I bet like 2-0 should be the final in that game. Maybe 2-1. But Sporting should beat Minnesota. And no doubt in my mind they should beat Minnesota. But you never know. It's the MLS Cup playoffs. Did I think New England would beat Philly and Nashville beat Toronto? No. So it's the beauty and the curse of the MLS Cup playoffs. And then we got New England-Columbus taking place on December 6th. MLS Cup final will be on December 12th on Fox. So make sure you tune into that and stay tuned for more stuff from the MLS. And with that being said, I think that's all I wanted to talk about today. And I know it was a weird show. Kind of just did this on a whim. Didn't even really think about what I wanted to do. Kind of just said, you know what, let's talk about coaches and then went through on that. Because so I wanted to talk about how bad Anthony Lynn's been for the Chargers. And he will lose his job this offseason. And with that being said, that's all I've got for you today. So I hope to see you guys or have you guys here for me in the near future. But again, I can't promise that because of how consistent we haven't been throughout <laughs> throughout all of this. So yeah, I will see you guys later. Peace.